The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 110. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Kind of looks on the video like I'm holding you guys up here a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. You're the uh, the Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shrug. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> today we are discussing the first two episodes of Season 6, Revelations Part 1 and 2. In this episode, SG-1 returns from a mission to find themselves under attack by hostile natives. Meanwhile, General Hammond receives a message from Area 51, revealing that the completion of the new hyperspace fighter, the X-302. Jack is tasked with finding a new member for SG-1 and reluctantly begins reviewing the files. Teal'c learns that his wife, Dreak, is gravely ill and rushes to be by her side. Unfortunately, she has died before he gets there, off-screen for some reason. As the team deals with personal and professional challenges, they discover a dangerous energy buildup in the Stargate that threatens the destruction of the entire Earth. Dr. Rodney McKay shows back up to help find a solution, and we get lots of uh, lots of fun back and forth between him and Sam, and is revealed that Anubis, the new gold, appears via, via hologram and taunts them with, uh, with the intimate destruction of Earth. We pick up with a Redemption Part 2, as they race against time to prevent the destruction of Earth caused by the destabilized Stargate. As they struggle to find a solution, Teal'c mourns the loss of his wife and reconciles with his estranged son, Ryak. The team is joined by Dr. McKay and Jonas, who offers his expertise in an attempt to drain the energy buildup. After the initial plan fails, they are forced to devise a risky alternative. With the clock ticking, SG-1 launches a daring mission to contact the advanced Asgard race and seek their assistance in averting the cataclysmic disaster threatening the home planet. When this does not work out, Jack is forced to make a suicide mission using the X-302 to launch the Stargate into space. Fortunately, he is able to complete his mission. Unfortunately, the Stargate is destroyed. Jonas Quinn joins the team. SG-1 is able to start again, and and the uh, SGC receives the Russian Stargate. Lots, ha- lots of happening. This, yeah, uh, lots, this lots going on in this one. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. What are your thoughts on this episode, Lisa? Um, I think, like at one point, Sam Carter goes, "What next? Like, what now?" And it's kind, <laughs> yeah. of, kind of felt like it's like, okay, this, okay, this, and here's this person, and now we're gonna do this, and um, and so I like it. There's a lot going on, and it, it moves the plot, and it's got all of the the cool Stargate things with um characters that we love and. Um, it's weird to think about because this was the first episode on sci-fi channel, Mm -hmm. you know, it was on uh, showtime now it's on sci-fi. And so, you know, I, I kind of tried to look at it as the lens of what if people had never seen it and they're watching it for the first time. And I'm, I'm not 
I don't really know how well it translated for that. Um, but for those of us who've been fans for a long time, it, it really worked. Um, we didn't pick up right away at the end of season five. They gave us a little bit of a break. I think three months is what they said went by. And, um, but you've got, I mean, you've got Jaffa, you've got, you know, outer spaceships, you've got techie stuff, you've got ghoul threat. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. So, but overall it was a, I want to say a feel good episode that, that, you know, that works. Yeah. I've got a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on. Um, what about you, Victor? Yeah. I mean, right from when they're doing the opening credits and you're there's you're seeing the guest actors that'll, will be in this. It's, they're bringing back the fan favorites. You know, you have Braytech, you have McKay, you have uh Colonel Chekhov, um, you know, so you, so, you know, you, you're in for a treat and I, it really seemed like they were pulling out all the stops, you know, with, you, you can't do your big season ending, you know, stories at, at the start of the season, but it's a good introduction for Anubis. You know, he has new methods of attacking earth. Um, and I, I think they did a really good balance between, you know, what's happening in the SGC where they're trying to science their way out of it. And then the, you know, the Jaffa action plot, which it seemed like Ryak's story arc was, was trending towards like Anakin Skywalker territory, you know, like my bit, mom's yeah. dead and I'm mad and I hate everybody. But then it had a happy ending where, where, you know, he flew his little N1 starfighter and blew up the trade Federation battleship or whatever he was doing there. So, so, um, yeah, so no, it, it was much happier than the Anakin Skywalker saga, but it, it, uh, yeah. So I, I like this episode a lot, you know, any chance to see McKay and it's a good introduction for Jonas Quinn after Jack has burned through eight or nine prospective, um, yeah. Daniel replacements. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I just love Jonas Quinn's attitude. You know, he, he's, he's trying to endear himself to the teams. He takes disappointment very well when they tell him to his face, you know, it's never going to happen. You're never going to join the team. And then, you know, as, as Earth's about to be destroyed, he's just sitting there with his coffee, you know, and we all know like bosses or, or you know, coworkers like that who just like stand around and be like, Hey, what, what, what about that thing? Well, you know, what does that thing do? You know, and you're like, yeah. okay, you just solved the whole problem. So, yeah. So it's a good introduction uh, to the team for, for Jonas as well. It is interesting. I feel like everybody had something to do in this episode or in these two episodes because Teal'c had a pretty substantial plot. Jack had a lot to do with destroying the Stargate. Sam was doing, doing her thing, sciencing everything. And then, but Jonas and also um, McKay like were pretty involved, which yeah. I feel like they weighted what the characters were doing in the plot better than they have previously. This almost felt like, and I guess this is probably from the transition to from Showtime to Sci-Fi. I did some research on like the budget if it went up at all. I can't imagine it would from Sci-Fi, but mm. it felt it felt almost like a soft. Not not like a not like a soft reboot, but this episode was intended to be a good starting place for people who had not been following the show previously, and I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah, definitely from a world building perspective, um, you know, and then establishing, like I said, the character of Jonas Quinn. I really liked how he was able to earn McKay's respect, which as we've seen so far in this show and then in Atlantis is not earned easily. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so they're they're fleshing out uh, Jonas's character. You know, he's he's a you know 
very uh, buoyant, uh, you know, spirit, hard to discourage, but also very, uh, very quick learner. And um, I think even among Kalanans, that's, um, you know, he's a, he's kind of a, a prodigy there. But yeah, so it's, it's, I think, you know, everybody has something to do. We can argue like, like they wouldn't have thought to remove the Stargate sooner, but <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Which I didn't think of it either. Yeah, so I didn't like... think of it either. Yeah, and I've seen this like three times, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh yeah, that's yeah. what hap- that's what happens." I, I did look, and there was evidently a lot of controversy at the time about the quality, if the quality would drop between Showtime and Sci-Fi and the budget and all that. And um, there were there were things put out saying, "No, no, it's gonna it's still gonna be great. It's still gonna be great." So I kind of like what you were saying about it looks like they they did fine on the budget, like they had this two parter to really wow everybody and say, mm-hmm. no, no, we're still here. It's still great. This is the show you love. We're still going to blow stuff up. You know, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely, they pro- I'm, I'm assuming they probably allocated a lot of the season's budget for this two-parter. Um, but it, it looked really good. Even like the, uh, the sequence with the, uh, that ancient weapon that uh, Anubis was using to mm-hmm. destroy the gate, like that looked really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looked, I mean, the weapon design itself was, was really cool. And I like how it's protected by a, by a force field, but the Jaffa have found like one of the little generators that kind of, it's, you know, a power source in the middle directed at the, or a beam directed at the Stargate and, you know, the nodes around it, I guess, are part force field and part power generator. And one of them is cracked, and that's the one that the Jaffa all walk through yeah. to get to the center and stuff. And so I thought that was kind of neat, too. It's like, well, wait a minute. How are people going to get to the center of this thing if it's, you know, got a force field around it? Well, one of them's broken because it's very old. And I just thought that was really a nice little uh, detail, too. Makes it feel like kind of lived in and like it has been there for a while. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like that uh, Anubis's weapon is essentially just DDoSing the Stargate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> until it explodes yeah i do i do wonder though and i'm not sure if this is something that they'll cover later on in the show is there's got to be some sort of i would assume that the ancients would build in some sort of fail safe against this kind of attack like you don't want your stargate to become overcharged and have the nakwita just go nuclear what we learn in atlantis is that the ancients aren't always that concerned about mm-hmm. providing say. safeguards for their <laughs> lab experiments. Yeah. Uh, it's like, why would we worry about that? We're super smart. <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no uh, ancient OSHA. No, there's no oversight <laughs> committee or anything. Something else I really liked about this episode was um, Stargate's always done a very good job of like, kind of joking about itself in the show in a way that doesn't like it doesn't turn it into like a straight up comedy, but it does a good job of kind of winking at the audience. Uh, like mm-hmm. all the stuff with uh, Anubis and how over the top he is like they, yeah. they just straight up comment on that. Like when he's giving his speech about the earth being destroyed and you will mm-hmm. suffer my wrath. And Jack's like, who talks like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And McKay and Carter are just yes. like ripping on him. Like, yeah. And that's the start of the next episode. We have this yeah. cliffhanger. It's like Anubis is like, I will destroy you. And then we come back for part two. And it's just the characters like totally mocking mm-hmm. the end of part one, you know, not in a in a bad yeah. way or anything. But yeah, I yeah. love that, though, because McKay, you know, we talked about McKay the first time we saw him and he was 
he was so much worse than I remembered. But this McKay, I don't know if they were intentionally trying to redeem him yet, but he came across, you know, a little less offensive, a little, mm. you know, a little more funny, a little more you know, like, oh, wait, I can like respecting Jonas. And, you know, he, like he tried to soften up Carter by saying that she's an artist and, you know, it's, it's science is an art. And sometimes she just thinks of the better ideas and things like that. That was a really nice scene. I did like that. You know, he. Sam, of course, is still very standoffish because, you know, McKay's a jerk and stuff. But I think he did manage to endear himself or at least earn, if if not respect, maybe pity or understanding from from Carter with mm-hmm. for some of that. And so they do have some some nicer moments later on up until, you know, Rodney's invention almost kills her. But <laughs> yeah, but then so, he wasn't worried so much about. Did you notice that? Like. <laughs> She's and he's like, oh, she's she's gonna be really mad at me when she wakes up, if she wakes, <laughs> if she wakes up. up. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like though at that when he says that, it's almost like he's actually genuinely concerned. Yeah, like, she's gonna wake yes. up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he is he is much less of a of an HR problem in this episode. Yeah, still a little mm. bit of one, but not as bad. Yeah, and Sam's ribbing him back. It's like you know, you know the. EM weapon needs to be rotated into place, but it hasn't yeah. been yet. And so Sam's like, you know, I'm not the genius here or whatever, but shouldn't the EM director be pointed at the Stargate? And yeah, Ronnie's like, aha, you know. So that. they are, uh, yeah, they are having some some fun workplace ribbing mm-hmm. there. And the two of them, the actors, they they just did so well at that. Yeah. I mean, the back and forth, they just, it just came across just so natural. And I think that's as we see them work together you know, going forward and Atlantis and all of that. It just, they, they, they just have great chemistry. Yes. Nice. Does, uh, does Carter transfer over to Atlantis at some point? Yes. For the, for the, for the second to last season. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I was, cause I I almost feel like she has one episode with McKay before that, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, yeah. So it's, it's a really good episode. It's one of my favorite episodes (laughs) of Atlantis and it's basically just all McKay. Nice. And Carter. And Carter. Yeah. Yeah. I really like their dynamic. So I almost wish that like McKay would join the team. That'd be, that'd be fun to see. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think Jack would tolerate that though. No. (laughs) You can only have so many, uh, sarcastic, uh, wisecrackers on the team. Jack, Jack is the one. Yes. He gets it. (laughs) I would say the one the one weird misstep for me on this episode was I felt like Carter's attitude a lot of it was just a little off her character. I don't I don't know. Maybe it was the way they were showing that she was still mourning Daniel and the you know Jonas here and Daniel not and all that but um like where she gives up on the problem and she just wants to sit there and she's upset about I can't figure it out and and, and, you know, Jack's like, is that fear? And I don't know. We've seen her give up before, but I, I just, yeah. I didn't, I don't know. just felt uh, not fully fleshed out to me. Maybe her not being able to heal Daniel with the healing device. Maybe that's kind of her mojo's off now and she needs, mm-hmm. she needs a win. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's, that's giving probably the show too much. Too much credit, credit. credit for depth, <laughs> but yeah, but I, yeah, and 
I thought it was mean when she told Jonas that it was never going to happen, that he's going to join the team. But that that's but not quite he like it, her. No, it's not. He took it in, in stride, I guess. But yeah. No, it's uh I don't know, I kinda I kinda feel like everybody was kind of off in this episode and this would be something I'd love to ask uh Joseph Malazzi, uh was if that was intentional or not. Um mm-hmm. kinda they're they're picking up the pieces, they're trying to find a replacement for Daniel, nothing's really working and it just feels off and so they kinda they gotta they gotta work through that before they get to go out again and go on any adventures. And I guess we see that they've been going through the gate doing missions, but none of the replacements have been working out because we got that guy at the beginning where <laughs> he gets shot with a dart and he's out for down for the count. So that was kind of funny. Did yeah. They, did they say they've gone through like eight eight different tries? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so. it said nine if you count the guy that only lasted a couple hours. I want to. I want to see what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, now we'd get some sort of like ironic montage of just like you know nine people washing out like yeah like Spinal Tap drummers or something just a montage <laughs> of them like being shot or falling in ravines or. Now, like the uh, the scene where uh, Jonas is boxing with Teal and he just keeps getting knocked down. Yeah, but he, keep, but he keeps getting up, and I feel like that's all kind of kind of illustrative of his character in this mm-hmm. episode because everyone's saying no to him, everyone's pushing him down, but he's almost like a he's like a happy puppy. He just keeps yeah. he's optimistic. He just yeah. keeps jumping up. Mm-hmm. So that's and good. We to said see. that the last episode. Remember that he's always smiling. Yeah. Yep. And that's and and they just kept it. He's just very. He just doesn't let it bother him. Everything just kind of rolls off, and it's all good. And and he's still. But he's not sulking. He's not hiding. He's just, it's all fine. You know, eventually you're going to, you're going to love me. <laughs> yeah. And and that scene with Teal too, that he makes a deal that, okay, if I knock you, yeah. you know, Jonas says, if I knock you down, Teal, will you talk to, to Jack on my behalf? And Teal says, sure. And we don't see him knock Teal down. And I don't think he could knock Teal down. Yeah. But Teal, <laughs> something about that impresses Teal enough to talk to to Jack uh, before he digs into his, his little snack there of uh, a tray <laughs> oh filled gosh. with every food. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. I was like, food sandwiches and, and, and fruits and vegetables and grapes. Yeah. 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 And I love it. And Jack goes, but he's an alien. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A he says this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Present company excluded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Now we also get a, I like the uh, there's a lo- there's a lot of good comedy in this episode, and I feel like Richard Dean Anderson was kind of it almost feels like he was reined in a bit more. I don't know if that was actually what happened, but it he's been kind of he's gotten to the point of being almost grating in a couple of the past seasons, but I feel like it was more more reeled in here, like that part where uh, where they're talking about what they're going to do when the Earth's going to be destroyed, and he's like, "I'm going to go eat some cake." Yeah, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. And Carter says, "I'll go with you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I like the whole bit with the X three hundred two as well. Yeah, you know, like first, and and I like the the character of um the Captain uh, Captain Murphy, played by Christopher Kennedy. Um, you know, I don't know that he comes back, but he's just perfect in that role of like you know it's not ready for testing. You know, you, you could test it. I wish I was coming. You know, he's he's really good as kind of the, you know, the voice of mission control in, the, in this one. Um, you know, there's a reference to, uh, uh, you know, the the one where the X-301 went spinning off into space. Uh, yeah. I forget what the name of the episode was. 
um, yeah, bye bye spaceship or whatever it was called. But yeah, <laughs> right. and then uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry fans, and um, yeah, and and what I really like about this too is is the the deal you mentioned in the summary that the you know we get Earth or the U.S. gets Russia's uh, Stargate because Russia doesn't have the the money to fund a, a fully operational Stargate program, but. The conceit is that they get the plans for the X-302, but also the plans for the X-303. Yes. And that's just really good to just kind of hang that out there. And so you're watching this being like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. I think the episode, according to the wiki, is a tangent. Tangent. That was yeah. it. Yeah. That was it. So, yeah, no, that was fun to see. Um, it was kind of sad to see the OG Stargate get destroyed, though, and... They don't really comment on it. It's just it's gone now. But I guess I guess the Stargates are not like starships in Star Trek, where they're they're a character. It's purely no, a means to an end. It's it's like the brakes on your car, really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't really mourn your pads when they get worn down and replaced with new ones. I mean, true. Yeah, well, it, and and how how many times has it been? This is the first time that particular one has been destroyed, right? Because it's been mm. swapped out. We lost. Yeah, I can't even keep track of Mm-mm. them anymore. Like I'll a shell say, game. They, they like to have only the show seems to only like to have one possible Stargate at a time. They really don't like this whole, you know, Russians have one, we have one thing. So yeah, so it was it was kind of a. And then they say, you notice they said the DHD doesn't work anymore. Oh, I didn't catch that. But oh, that's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's at Area Fifty One, and they said it was depleted. Oh, yeah. Depleted into several pieces. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of that, I was surprised we didn't see uh, an ID show up at all. I feel like they would be they'd be putting their fingers Mm in. Or where's Major Davis? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we got Graham. Did you see him? Oh, yeah, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. He was helping uh, Walter with with some of the. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a long time. That's true. Yeah, it was good. It was good to get him. Yeah, so we get uh and then so that's the 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 main the main plot point is the earth's going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. All our characters kind of picking up the pieces, trying multiple different things and failing, which I like that I like that they have to try a bunch of different things and have none of them succeed, even starting off with just the test flight of the 302 having that not succeed. That was mm-hmm. that was good to see. Um and then we have Teal'c on the the planet with all the rebel Jaffa and I thought it was odd that we have uh, his wife die completely off screen. I mean, obviously they didn't; they just didn't bring the actress back. Yeah. Um, but it was. It seemed it was an odd, an odd dramatic choice. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was due to the fact that she wasn't available for filming. But just nope, she's dead. Well, I think because there's no, they didn't really have a story for her yeah a story yeah. for yeah. her and it gets him and his son closer it True. you know it's that it's that dramatic pull of i've got to go get ryak but yeah we she hadn't really had a story in a long yeah. time yeah and it i mean it's it you know it's a cheap way to get write that character out but it does set up the the story later on where the free Jaffa are living on borrowed time basically because mm-hmm. the ghoul no longer trusts the Jaffa priests with their young anymore. Yeah. Either that or they just ate them all. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so basically without, uh, symbiotes, the Jaffa are like, they'll live for another three to four years or whatever. And then 
and then that's basically it for them. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it does kind of set up that, you know, Dreyak didn't have, there's no other symbiotes available and, and, you know, it's, it's tragic, but yeah, yeah. here's a, here's a problem we're going to have to face soon. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I like that. It's going to be, uh, I do kind of wonder about that. It seems like Teal's, uh, seems like junior kind of, they mature at the speed of plot. So that is, that is good to kind of introduce that ticking, ticking time bomb. Yeah, I guess, I guess they don't really say how long it is, but I think Teal's is good for another three years as of last season or something. Yeah. 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 It's like a, it's like your, uh, the battery health meter on your phone. You can see how long it is until it's going to be completely useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like a phone battery, it's not easy to replace. You need your, uh, I fix it kit to open up the pouch. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's not a visual I need in my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is funny though. They talk, they kind of explain to Jonas about Teal's family situation. I guess that's also to get the audience caught up on what's going on because it it seems like they're kind of in a Teal's in a nebulous spot with his with his family, and I guess this also just gets gets her out of the way. Uh, I was hoping that Teal would say the uh, the Austin Powers line: uh, "Way to tick. That means I'm single again." <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if we have any any romance in the future for Teal, but I would like to see that. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember if it's this season or later, but yeah, he gets. I want to see Teal make like a dating website profile. I want to see what that would be like. <laughs> Fortunately, I think this is a little bit before right. that time. Or yeah, we Teal does do some pretty wacky things, especially later in the tenth season when, um, per notes that Malaz- Joseph Malachia shared that you know the the studio was no longer oh, giving yeah. notes on the show, and so they were just free to do pretty much anything they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that particular yeah. instance he talks yeah. about. That's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> no, it's, I like that we got Jonas in the show. I feel like there's the bringing in fresh blood. It feels like a revitalization of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting to see. We also get a new uh, intro sequence. Yes, we mm-hmm. do. Which take your drama mean before you watch that. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a lot of close up shots of the Stargate rotating. Um, yeah, as the camera pans around it, which, you know, is pretty impressive. Now it would be in CG. And I think later on in the show, it was, they did something similar in CG and stuff. But it's just cool to see a physical prop. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. it was a lot, that was a lot of fun to see. Yeah. It also kind of feels like have a lot of modern shows have very, uh, I feel like the style for intro credits is very, very interpretive, very artistic. You don't get a lot of literal stuff in them anymore. <laughs> And I feel like this almost felt like a like a precursor to that kind of style, like because you don't. I don't think you get any shots of the actual characters in the new sequence. It's just close up shots of the Stargate moving. And and I don't know how long they keep this one either. If they keep it all through the sixth season, or if they start to replace it with like once they actually have some episodes built up, you know, and footage they can use. That I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I'll have to keep an eye on it and see. Yeah. And this is also the uh, first episode we get without uh, Michael Shanks at all, because even though Daniel wasn't yeah. in the last one, That's right. we still had Michael Shanks as uh, Thor. So, yep, and his, S- his name was not in the credits. Nope. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
but I do think it's it's good to have a a new dynamic to the team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so. I like I like this season with Jonas. So I, I Me too. As I said last time, I'm a Jonas fan, so you know, it's nice to have a little bit he's they're not trying to make him Daniel. Yeah, that's good. We also get um the actor his name uh he plays Tyrrell in uh Battlestar Galactica. He's the the lead evil Jaffa, so fun to see all those familiar oh, faces. Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I'd seen him uh, before. Yeah. yeah. And he's been on Stargate already yes, once, he hasn't has. he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I remember we talked about him. Dale Hall, so. yeah, I, I yeah. believe, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it's and this is filmed in the same place, so you got get a lot of those regulars. Yep. <laughs> it is funny when you think about how many extra people are in these episodes than a normal you know, normal uh SG one episode. I feel like they yeah. uh, like you said, it just called everybody in. Let's just let's all go for it. But yeah, I was glad they got f- the original Ryak too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that was nice. Yeah, all the way back from season one, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the last time we saw him was season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Briefly, when he was brainwashed. Yeah, but it's nice to see him aging. You know, he's growing up. Yeah, and see his the his relationship with Teal and how strained that is, and how you kind you understand where he's coming from. Where he's like, you kind of you made this choice for all of us, and so we have to deal with it, even if we don't want to, and. Mm. He's he's not wrong about that. Mm-mm. And his dad left. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not there helping. He's he's right. you know, he's off saving the world or whatever, but he's not there on the day-to-day dealing with the consequences of those actions. Oh, I was just thinking it was a good callback to the to the first time we met Tilk's family and they were still suffering from Tilk, you know, having betrayed Apophis. And having uh, Ryak, you know, implanted with a symbiote was going to be the thing that got them back in, you know, to the to the good graces there. And um, and of course, Teal'c ruins that, too, by like killing all the priests, right, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the time. yeah. So, yeah. So he, he has a habit of, of not of being absent and showing up just to wreck the lives that they've managed to eke out and, and build back. Um, but, you know, it's for it's for a good cause. It is, it is interesting that whole dynamic there, and I almost feel like Tilk owes the Jaffa a bit more of his presence. I mean, I understand it's it's good that he's on the team and he's he's accomplishing things there, but I could understand being bitter about that because he set them on this yeah. path, and then he kind of gets to he's in danger when he on the missions, but he kind of gets a cushy life otherwise. If you think about it, the the uh, there was a talk about the parallel between Jonas and Tilk. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and they talked about how Jonas is an alien too, and but Jonas betrayed his people and can't go back. Right. Where Tilk, he can't. I mean, he can. He should, in a way, because he's their leader. They all look up to him, but he's he's on Earth, so yeah. And he's letting Braytac do it. And that does, we we do, we do hear more about this later, but it is, it is interesting to see Ryak, you know, confront him about it and fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And as a father, I appreciated Braytech's kind of talk with Teal'c too. And, and, you know, you know, Ryak has, you know, lots of self-doubt and confidence issues, just, you know, having an absent father and, and not being a warrior like the other Jaffa and, and Teal'c's like, well, that's ridiculous. You know, he, I, he, he, he knows that, why doesn't he know that I think he's brave and stuff? And, and Braytech just says, because you're, you're his father and you haven't told him. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. and then. <laughs> Ryak kind of flips that and gets in, able to invite himself along on the on the mission, saying like, "Well, don't you know? Don't you think I'm capable of doing this?" <laughs> so Teal can't say no at that point. But yeah, so. And I I liked that he is the one who got to take out the weapon. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I thought that was great. He wasn't just the young young boy hiding in the bushes or whatever they wanted him to do. Yeah. you know he he got to he got to you know show his you know his first warrior whatever well, he's like the that. one who had to rescue them yeah because they yeah. got captured yeah. so he got to try spinning that's a good trick <laughs> yeah there Sorry. you go <laughs> that's episode oh, one reference we but, just yeah. we just watched that <laughs> we watched that maybe the other day yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i hope we uh i hope we see more of of ryak i think his dynamic with teal can kind of hit he's he's the He's a young Jaffa, so he's growing up with this new status quo that Braytac and Teal'c both haven't haven't really haven't had to go through. They they made the choice to betray where he's got to grow up with the consequences of mm-hmm. their actions. So well, I also we, wonder. We do see him, and it's the same actor, so we get to see him really grow up into nice. a young man, which is nice. I'm surprised there isn't any sort of like amnesty deal with uh, Jaffa who want to come settle on Earth. Like, you know, bring him in, yeah. let him not be living in like ratty tents. Probably it's the gold in their stomach. <laughs> yeah. And they and they do mention that the, the Tauri are, is setting up a like nicer camp someplace mm-hmm. for them. And then they'll they'll all be taken to this nicer camp that they can live in. So I've been around military issue trailers, yeah. so nicer is relative term. <laughs> yeah, but we do, but we do see eventually. Um, I don't know if it's this season or next season. Kind of like where the you know the Tauri kind of stashes its allies, you know, and nice. the powder keg that ignites. Ignites. So yeah. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited, uh, excited for the season, excited for Jonas to be on the team. Feels like a, feels like kind of a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So, um, did we have any, uh, fun, uh, alternative language titles for this? Can't imagine no. with the name. <laughs> it was, it was redemption part one and part two and all the usual, uh, like language suspects. So do better wacky foreign languages. <laughs> assuming German would be something like the Stargate explodes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Jonas saves the day. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> By pointing out obvious yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. Pointing, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Uh, did y'all have any yeah. other thoughts on this episode? Um, just that Richard D. Anderson, his knee issue was real. He oh, interesting. Himself oh, okay. right before they started filming. So he, that that limp was real. Oh, interesting. Said That's he a good fell piece of while trivia. he was carrying his daughter. So I threw my back out 
playing with my son the other day, so I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, raising kids is brutal. As, as Teal'cus learned on more than one occasion. Yeah, he, he definitely learned it in this episode. That's got it. Those uh, <laughs> staffs have got to hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we do have some feedback uh, on our episode uh, 107 on the Sentinel. Hammond has a question that is very, very pertinent to the plot. He says, another fun episode. And Lisa, is that a rat terrier? I had a rat terrier for years, and he was the best dog the world has ever seen. Yeah, my uh, well, we think he's part terrier. Yeah, his dad, his mom was a Chihuahua dachshund, and we don't know what the dad was, but everybody suspects it was a terrier. So he, uh, nice. his name is Indiana Jones, for obvious reasons. Because my so last you name named is the Jones. dog Indiana. The dog oh, is yeah, named Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that yeah. dog. He's he's in here a lot while I'm while I'm talking. So nice. Well, he can be the, he's the honorary fifth member of the show now. There you go. He'll be there yeah. with the mascot, yeah. the barky yes. loud mascot. The symbiote. <laughs> the symbiote, we call him Junior. Junior. <laughs> junior. <laughs> junior. Oh, hey, that works. That works too. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we'd like to hear uh, what your what your thoughts on this episode were. Uh, how you feel about uh, Jonas joining the team um, and this this new start to Stargate, uh, moving from Showtime to Sci Fi. Can uh, can reach us on uh, at uh, Stargate at sqpn dot com and uh, at Twitter at sqpn. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Nicholas D, Richard M, Adam G, Nicholas O, and Logan K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com make it possible for us to continue The Secret to Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com and follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can check out the sqpn discord at sqpn.com slash discord. There we go. I got it right this time. <laughs> and we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Descent. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And for the record, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it can't get any worse then, can it? (laughs) (laughs) Once again, I'm Jack Berzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. That's a quote from the episode, right? You didn't tell me to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Star Trek. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Trek.